When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. It is Purple Daily, big voice guy on the all-news Score North on 1500 scorenorth.com and streaming live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. I did a posture workout this morning, so I feel like I'm looking pretty good. Yeah, you do. Matthew you Collar is alongside. Manny Hill is on the other side of the glass. And uh, we got a lot of uh, football and Vikings talk coming up for you on the only place where you get that five days a week, every weekday here at noon on Score North. We have a guest coming up at 1220, Matthew yep. Collar. Uh, Robert Robert Mays from The Ringer will join us. And also, guys, it's OTAs. It is. That's football. So, yeah. Like, it's the official it, it's kickoff. Back. It's, it's back. The, it's the kickoff. Of the, that's we, right. We Thank you, Manny. Yes. We are yeah. back. Yes, and, sir. And uh, the media is going to be allowed into OTA practice tomorrow. So I will be out there OTAing and... How much access does the media have at OTA? Or I shouldn't say access to the media. How much is the media allowed to give to us, the people? Because some franchises are very, very strict on what you can put out there. The Packers won't let you put anything out live or even close to it happening. Mm-hmm. Like if you film practice, you have to wait till after practice is over before you put anything up. And they're even very selective about what parts of practice they'll let you tape. How how open are the Vikings? So we can watch all of practice, and I think during OTAs and training camp, we can tweet during practice if you want to. I'm not sure why you'd want to unless someone got hurt. I I, I think you can during OTAs and training camp. I think they're pretty You don't want to hear cool, about the cool fifth-round wide receiver who beats the cornerback with no safety help, uh, who everybody loves you know, that day. Now, there was a great OTA moment for me last year, so I think that this is okay that, it's, that you could take video and tweet during practice where Brian O'Neill lined up as a tight end and was taking some reps at the goal line. So they were practicing throwing Brian O'Neill the tackle uh, little passes into the end zone, and mm-hmm. I took the video, and it got a bunch of retweets of like, "Oh, secret weapon!" Oh, you see, and, the Packers would never let you put yeah, that out, never, yeah. ever. Well, I so Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune was standing next to me at the time, and I said, "All right, Chip, let's ha- let's make a bet right here, over under point five touchdowns scored by Brian O'Neill this season." <laughs> and he's like, "He's like, man, I think they use it once." I'm like, no way, there's no chance they're throwing a pass to Brian O'Neill because he did do it. In college, they throw him a pass for a touchdown, and uh, lo and behold, zero touchdowns. Did for you Brian put a stake on it with Chip? Uh, or I don't remember no? what it was, um, but. 
Things like that, little side bets, are definitely a staple of OTAs because it's OTAs. I mean, um, but as far as what they let you see, yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, you can you know watch the entire practice. It's not limited in OTAs or in training camp. In the regular season, that's where you literally only go out and watch stretching to see who's out there, right? And that's it. And that's so it. there's only ten minutes of practice that you get to see. And you it's watch just, grown men in shorts stretching. Yep, stretching, yeah. and there's a little throwing the football around. There is one of my favorite parts is the red ball. The linebackers work with a Oh yeah, big I've heard you talk about ball. the red ball before. Yeah, yeah it's, it gets very exciting for me when they bring out the red ball. <laughs> so they'll be sort of shuffling their feet as if they're in coverage and then someone will throw the red ball at them and they knock it down. <laughs> and I don't know what it does for them and I think this is going to be my long form piece. Uh, I may, think it should be. At least 11,000 words. I would guess just reaction time. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, maybe... I, I really don't For know. For a stunt, like if there's a tackle or a linebacker coming off the corner that you didn't see, you want to be able to react and, 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 and fend him off. I would imagine that that's what they're doing that for. I'm seriously no? going to find this out. I want you to find this out. It's, it that's looks my theory. really funny. Yeah. Someone just whipping a giant red ball at some linebackers. And I want to do that down. drill. You think they'll let us do that drill? I mean, I'll be the guy who gets the red... a red ball. <laughs> no, I want to do it at Vikings practice. I mean, they might. I want it, and you could be the guy who whips the I, red ball at me. I'll I, be. I don't know. I'll if be they, the target. Um, I don't know if they want you to use their apparatuses uh, that they have Careful. out there. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> OTAs are kicking off today, and that's when you need to. Uh, you need to freshen up. You need you need to get back in the books, Matthew Collar, and start remembering stuff like your hot routes. And that's where we start yes. today with hot routes. Yeah. I Matthew Collar has hot routes okay, for us. Yeah. Questions for Manny Hill. Hot routes. <laughs> All right. So hot routes, which I want to make a staple of Purple Daily, is just some things that are being reported around the league, and I have questions for you guys relating to these things. Okay. So if we want some NFL music. Oh, yeah, I, I have Hot Routes music for you right yeah. now, oh, baby. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, perfect. I love it. All right. Hot Routes. Blue. 37. First one. All right. Am I supposed to know what that means or just answer yes, the question? Yes, you are. Okay. Just a cadence. Have you not been studying it's just a cadence. I, I what didn't, are you doing? It's the first day of camp, man. Yeah, you're right. You should have been, you know, studying the playbook all off season, but we'll we'll give you a pass. Rami here. doesn't study in the off season. I'm like a diva wide receiver. <laughs> all right, first hot route, forty two. Um, ESPN ranked the Vikings as the sixth most locked in to their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, because of his contract. Naturally, you know, teams who have their quarterbacks under long term contracts that they couldn't cut them or trade them or move them are on this list, and then quarterbacks that you're not locked into, let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Dolphins, are down the list. They're rated lower. Okay. Where will the Vikings rank in this next year? How locked into their quarterback they are. Clearly, since Kirk Cousins is under contract for this season and next season, they're locked in right now. Where will they rank next year? I think much lower on the list. Do you want an exact number, or can I just say much lower on the list? You can say much lower. Because with one year left on the contract, if the Vikings really want to shop him, you might be able to find a trade suitor for for Kirk Cousins. Because that $29 million guaranteed suddenly doesn't look as as intimidating Mm -hmm. to a a team who would take on that contract because you're, you're planning on him playing for you for at least one year anyways when you trade for him. So it's $29 million guaranteed one way or another. So... I think that they go way, way down that list next year. Manny? It's hard for me to predict because I think the 2019 season is going to de- is 
so much of it is going to determine Kirk Cousins' future with the Vikings. If Absolutely. he has a really good season, if they go 11 and 5, 12 and 4, go to the NFC Championship game or even like the divisional round, we could be talking about a potential extension for Kirk Cousins. You sign an extension with him, then you're locked into him much longer, and then the Vikings would be higher up on this list. So I think it's going to depend on how the Vikings perform. I tend to think they're going to perform pretty well in uh wait let me get the music back going here there we go um i tend to think they're going to have a a pretty good 2019 season so i will guess that kirk cousins will uh get an extension after the 2019 season and the vikings will be locked in to kirk cousins for a few more years so i think they will be uh, around the same spot that they'll be right now around sixth What's interesting to me is that Kirk Cousins left his old team, and he could do it again. He could say, all right, well, I'll make you franchise tag me if you want to keep me around after 2020. or He'll play the same dance again to try and get one more mega contract out of somebody else on the actual free agent market. It seems like that was his goal because Washington tried to keep him around with contract extensions and he wanted to maximize his money and get fully guaranteed. I wouldn't count out that he could do the same thing again rather than signing an extension if they even want him to. I was going to say, can you see them wanting an extension one year from now? How much would have to happen between now and a year from now for us to be talking about a Kirk Cousins extension that just or is about to happen. Yeah, I think Manny's right. If you get to the playoffs and you win a playoff game and you go eleven and five or something like that, mm-hmm. I, I think the threshold's probably even ten and six. If he plays really well and they go ten and six and they win a playoff game, I think they're talking to him about a contract extension because teams are so terrified of not having a solution at that position. Everyone talks about like, oh yeah, you just get the rookie quarterback contract and then you win. Like then profit. Right, but uh, <laughs> what if the rookie isn't any good? Right, uh, you know, and and that fear of uncertainty is why they signed him for so much money. All right, second hot route twenty three. I still have no idea. What zebra these... left. What? I don't know what you're you talking. Don't know what zebra I don't know left what is? you're talking That's about. The zebra you gotta gra- you gotta grab that playbook there, Macklaff. Got to do some studying, man. All right, guys. Again, it? first day of camp. You don't pay me to study in the off season, man. Second hot route. <laughs> Joey Bosa changed his number to 97 to honor his father. What number would you pick? Doesn't matter position. What number would you pick if you had any selection of an NFL football number? Doesn't matter position. Doesn't matter position. Because there's no way I'd be Because you guys can't play any position. Right. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I No. no or yeah, you're probably right. But it, Not, would, pro- nope. it would have to... <laughs> It would be number 34. It's got to be number 34 for Walter Payton. Walter Payton. I mean, he holds a special place in my family. My nephew is named Payton because of Walter Payton. Yeah. So I don't think I have a choice in this. I love 34 for Thurman Thomas for me, uh, but I'll give a different one since you gave that. What about you, Manny? Uh, 84 for me for multiple reasons. Obviously, because Randy Moss is one of my favorite football players of all time, personally. And uh, 84 was also the year I was born. So it kind of works hand in hand that way. So 84 would be my number. I would pick 21 for... 34 was the year I was born, too. I'm sorry, what were you saying? (laughs) 34. 21 for Neon Deion Sanders. Nice. In the backyard, we used to try to emulate every one of his (laughs) touchdown dances and the high-stepping. If you got got away from everybody in the backyard, you were absolutely high-stepping, and everybody wanted number 21. At my uh, previous stop in my radio career, I raced one of my co-hosts <laughs> for with some, your legs for some yes with, with my legs for a social media stunt and um i came dressed as neon deon sanders <laughs> awesome
<laughs> I had on like silver shorts, high socks. I even had a headband that read prime time. I had on the sunglasses, the whole nine. And I, that's, I, I lost. That's amazing. I lost. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> Next hot route. Or 33. <laughs> what? <laughs> what 27 red left. Next hot route. All right. Uh, Gerald McCoy, released by the Tampa Bay Bucks, Manny and Rami. Mm. Who will sign Gerald McCoy? Great defensive tackle. Hmm. Who has cap room right now? Because yeah. this is late in the game for a guy of that magnitude to be getting released. I don't think teams were really planning. Like I hear, and maybe we can talk with Robert Mays about this at 1220, but I'm hearing that the Jets are going to shop around Le'Veon Bell. I'd imagine most teams' <laughs> great. salaries are set to the point where you There's, can't slide in a Le'Veon Bell or a Gerald McCoy, not can you? everybody is in Vikings land. There is probably half the league is over $10 million in cap space. Really? So if Can you give me some of those teams before um, I formulate an answer? Colts, Texans, 49ers, Browns, Titans, Raiders, Jets, Bills, Dolphins, Eagles, surprisingly. Uh Seahawks, Lions. I can see the Eagles Bengals. making a move. That seems like an Eagles type of move. Fletcher Cox and Gerald McCoy. They done to swoop wow. in. And Brandon Graham. And get Ooh. guys like that. Uh Cowboys have nineteen million dollars in cap space. I think they That's got probably right past They tend to swoop in the Eagles. I will go with snatch up it guys didn't, like it didn't get I'll go with the Colts. <laughs> What are the Colts? What's the Colts' defensive line situation like? Um, no, they, I think guys. they improved, but not that type of improvement. And with fifty-eight million dollars in cap space, it would make a ton of sense. I'd go. I'll and go with the Colts. Maybe McCoy would be looking for a Sheldon Richardson type of one-year deal with somebody who he can win with. Yeah. And then, but you know who should never be counted out of this, despite their cap space, is the New England Patriots. <laughs> they just <laughs> always true. land these type of players. That's true. Because everybody wants to win. All right, here we go. Giraffe, 43! That's not a real thing. Purple, purple! <laughs> Alert! All right, here we go. One Next hot receiver route. looked at his quarterback on the first day of OTAs, and he was like, What? Dude, what? All right. Is that a thing? Is that a play? Concentrate. 52 is the mic! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum are gridlocked after one day of OTAs mm. in a quarterback competition. QB battle. Uh, no reporters put out the stats. I, we don't do that anymore, I don't think. Do people put out like, oh, uh, Eli Manning went 8 for 12 um, in OTAs? They better. <laughs> or what are we doing, Matthew Collar? Uh, how many throws will Case Keenum make this season for the Washington football squad? Ooh, that's a good question. How many pass attempts will how he actually make? Attempts? I'm going to say... I'm going to give him 150. Okay, so that's like uh, five games or five so. Five or six games? Yeah. I'll go. Ooh. I'll go 200. So he makes it about half the season, maybe? About, about seven games, maybe something like that. Do you guys think that he'll just be bad? They'll lose and they'll be like, bleep it. We got to we gotta do it. They're like one now, in five, maybe. I, I will tell you a quick story, though, from Case Keenum in training camp and why he could throw zero passes this year, potentially, is through a couple of weeks of training camp 2017, the year that Case Keenum led the Minnesota Vikings to a 13-3 and season, Going into the first preseason game, you can Google to confirm there are articles written about how Taylor Heineke and Case Keenum are deadlocked in a backup quarterback awesome. competition. Awesome. I actually remember that. Yeah. Yes, behind Sam Bradford. Keenum 
is not a practice quarterback. Like, <laughs> and if you saw him and Sam Bradford next to each other, you would understand what I mean. Sam Bradford in practice is freaking John Elway. He throws a better football than anyone I've ever seen in my life, even in comparison to Kirk Cousins. It's not close. Like the velocity, the accuracy on the ball, yeah. unbelievable for Sam Bradford. Right. Case Keenum throws wobblers. He doesn't like uh, maybe know the play right away and has to roll out and run. I mean, it's it just it was. He's, he's it was like what so Rami different. has been this segment. Yeah. Just like right. what? Yeah. What are you no talking idea. about? What did it not was, study? It was so Case different. Keenum did not study. But on what on sun? What is he like? Are his game day cleats magical? What is I, it? I don't really mean that. I mean, he knew the offense by that. But, but it would seem like he would like take the snap and he would sort of look around and then try to run. And in training camp, that doesn't really look so good. Uh, and he eventually won the job because once he got into a preseason game, Case Keenum looked really, really good. But if they're judging it on training camp, Haskins has a really great chance. All right, final one. All right. I'll appropriately shout out our hot read here, our hot route. Omaha! Omaha! Okay, that I know. That you know that because know. I'm asking you about Peyton Manning. Uh-huh. There was a rumor that the Jets were interested in him as their general manager, but that Peyton Manning will not become the general manager of the Jets. What do you guys think that Peyton Manning does become in post-career? Media, coaching, GMing, owning a team? What do you think? I hope he ends up on a booth or at a desk somewhere. I think he'd be really good at it. I was disappointed that... ESPN couldn't land him for a second straight year trying to get him in the Monday Night Football booth because I think he has he has a sense of humor. He's a funny dude. He's hosted Saturday Night Live and crushed it. His commercials are hilarious, and he has the obviously the knowledge. And have you ever watched his Spotlight uh, feature on ESPN Plus? I have not. I borrowed a friend's login and watched it, and um, it is he's he's really good at breaking it down. It's. it's that's a different thing than what Tony Romo oh, does. Oh, the detail. The yeah. detail oh, thing. The, detail. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. the same no, thing I, that Kobe I, yes. Bryant does. I, yeah. I, yes, yeah. I've definitely seen those. And it's different They're doing good. that and actual play-by-play because you're breaking stuff down in real time. So I don't know if he'd be as good at it, but those are really, really, really good. Like Tony Romo type of good when you watch them. So I would, I hope he ends up at a booth or a desk on a pre- and post-game show somewhere. I would love to. I'm with Rami. I, I would love to see him in the booth because he has... I don't know if he has the same type of personality as a Tony Romo does, but Peyton's got some personality and he he has a sense of humor. And so he'll be able to add some, some personality to the booth. I just wonder if he actually more so has a sense of running a team though, of being a GM, of being in the front office. I wonder if that's more so what he really wants. I could see him sort of being like an Elway type as opposed to, yeah. And the thing with like bad at it, well, maybe like Elway. Um, not all. Not all I, I actually think that he's more savvy than Elway and probably would be really good at it. But if you don't find a quarterback, then you're just bleeped anyway. Um, you know what? I could see him continuing to do just like documentaries and features because if you get in the booth and he's just not that great, because not every guy with personality is great in the booth. It's like kind of stains your reputation a little <laughs> bit, right? I mean, people just hammer you. Jason Witten was the most liked player. And then just got hammered. Well, yeah, because he was he was bad he, at he it. He was very bad. Right. Yes. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Robert Mays from The Ringer is going to come up with us next and talk about quarterback contracts. He wrote about them. We will discuss with I him. really thought you were about to say quarterback controversies. Contro- yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll find out when we come back here on the Score North Purple Daily. 
Drink the Purple Punch. It burns your insides and it makes your eyes water. Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business? Visit FederatedInsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Drink the Purple Punch. It burns your insides and it makes your eyes water. Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com an absolute star just to be around him. Just one of the things that Bobby and I always say, don't get bored with consistency. And I think that's uh, something that we've really tried to pride ourselves on and just um, and that work ethic. You know, I, I obviously, as you mentioned, I, I thank obviously my, my agent, Mark Rogers, who's been uh, a best friend to me. Uh, he's been in my life. Uh, he's been in my life. My little daughters are there. She's uh, making noise. That was a very rich man named Russell Wilson. And to discuss large quarterback contracts, of which we are very familiar here in Minnesota, our friend Robert Mays from The Ringer. What's going on, Robert? Not a lot, man. How you doing? I am doing really well. OTAs, tomorrow we get to go out there. I was just yelling hot route on the radio before this, so it's a good day. Um, I <laughs> I, I want to start with the, the interesting um, sort of, uh, I don't know, with the, with the, the two quarterbacks – that you wrote about in part Russell Wilson and um, Dak Prescott. And with Russell Wilson, you have someone who won a Super Bowl and who is consistently able to drag his team into the playoffs, even if his offensive coordinator is working against him. And <laughs> so for, for a guy like that, Robert, I feel like, yeah, just, just pay the man. You could fill out the other parts around him. You won't have to worry about quarterback. Dak Prescott is super interesting to me, Robert, because he's kind of in that same category in my mind as Kirk Cousins, where you need everything going well around the guy to be super competitive. So if you pay him, you put yourself in a tough position. How do you feel about that? I agree. I think that that's an entirely different conversation than what I wrote about. And I think that we've had that conversation so many times and it feels like teams keep eschewing the downsides of that conversation. They're just like, eh, we'll figure it out. We don't want to lose the guy. Teams are so afraid of quarterback purgatory and of the unknown that they're just handing out these deals. So I think I addressed that in like the first couple of graphs. I was like, let's not talk about whether it's worth it because they're going to do it anyway. So now that they're going to do it anyway, let's figure out the ramifications of it. But if I were them and if I were us, I would definitely be apprehensive for sure. Don't you think that it's it's for good reason that these teams are are terrified though of ending up in quarterback purgatory because once you let that guy go it, it, until you find the next guy it's it's very very hard to be relevant in the NFL again just look around at some of the franchises in the NFL that can't find quarterbacks and their their recent history it, it is not good so don't you think there's good reason for that I do I absolutely do I I don't know it, it's I would be the same way because I think that it is a scary proposition. But I also think there are more competent quarterbacks than there have ever been, just because of training, you know, just the way that the league and the sport work now. You, know, you have these guys throwing thousands and thousands of passes from the time that they're teenagers. And I think that right now it's easier to find a guy that you can live with. I think it's just as hard as it's ever been to find a great one. So, but I think that for some teams, they haven't really transitioned into, well, we can find a guy to make this work at least. I think it's more about infrastructure now 
outside of the top three or four guys. And I'll be curious to see if a team is willing to bet on their infrastructure. You know, you have a couple that will be coming up here relatively soon. You know, the thing one that people talk about most often, I feel like, is Jared Goff with the Rams. You know, if the Rams decided to go the cheap route again, how much would they really lose? Things like that. I think the Bears and Mitchell Trubisky will have that conversation. But I'm with you. I understand the fears of it, but I think that some teams could really derive a lot of value out of saying we're just going to roll the dice on a cheap guy again and maintain that financial flexibility. So, Robert, when you look at the Vikings situation with Kirk Cousins and how they handled this offseason, would you use that as an example of, hey, this is a quarterback that you can live with, that you paid for, and look, they're still going to be a very competitive team? Or would you kind of look at it through a different lens and say, yeah, but they still might have to trade Kyle Rudolph because they have no cap space and they weren't able to pay for some of the better offensive linemen, so they end up with Josh Klein, and that's still not going to work. Which way do you tend to look at the situation here in Minnesota? I think there's such an interesting case because they're so good at managing the cap. I mean, to have the roster they have right now with a quarterback making $30 million is absolutely crazy. And there are reasons behind that, right? I mean, Daniel Hunter, why these guys take some of these contracts, I'll still never understand. The Daniel Hunter contract, you know, Adam Thielen is still relatively cheap this year. The new money will come a little bit later. So their ability to retain so much of this talent cheaply while having that quarterback, I think they're in this very strange middle ground where it's maybe not a quarterback that should be making this much money, but it's also not hurting you, if that makes sense. You know, the, the offensive line thing, I, I see where you're coming from, but do you want to be the team handing Jawan James a, a $30 million like a record-setting contract? Do you want to be the team making Matt Paradise, guys like that, the most the highest-paid centers in the league, or Mitch Morse? It feels like offensive line free agency is such a terrible thing to wade into that I don't mind ending up with Josh Klein and Garrett Bradbury and going from there. So, again, I think that the Vikings have been able to really avoid the pitfalls while maintaining a really good roster, and that's not easy. That being said, we were just discussing in, in the previous segment briefly the possibility of them extending Kirk Cousins one year from now. Do you think, given what you just said, that that would be the smart move, or do you think they should be one of these teams who says, you know what, we'll let this guy walk and, and take our chances? That's a really interesting question. I think that it depends. This is a, I'm a cop out here. It depends on <laughs> where they are with the rest of the roster by then. You know, do they feel like, Xavier Rhodes is in long-term plans. Do they extend some of these guys that are going to be up here pretty soon? I tend to think with how many kind of longer-term commitments they have that it wouldn't be the silliest thing in the world if they did that, but I still don't think it's necessarily a given at this point. Robert, when you look at how teams spend money, what do you think just philosophically is the, is the right way? Because if we're using the Vikings as an example – even with Kirk Cousins' contract, they still are spending the third most cap space on their defense. And uh, so certainly they've gone all in with Mike Zimmer and defense. And that, in my mind, lowers your floor. But I'm not sure that it gets your ceiling quite high enough to win as much as putting a ton of offensive talent around a good, not great quarterback. Um, what, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that this can still work of trying to load up a defense the way that the Vikings have? Yes, because I think that they did the right thing when it comes you're talking about philosophically and the right ways to approach this. They've done it the right way on the other side. I don't necessarily think the Vikings are suffering offensively because they don't have the money to spend. 
I mean, for I understand. Yes, they need a third receiving option. I mean, yes, they probably. It could have been nice to go out and find a slot guy or or somebody else. I mean, I don't see what plays in the slot. You know what I mean? Like a third option. But I, I think that they're fine. I think that by going out and giving Diggs, giving Thielen these contracts years before they hit free agency, by never even considering the idea of what we would have to do with the franchise tag, these things, that's how you're able to afford really good rosters. And the Seahawks did that for years. It wouldn't matter. You'd be two years away, they'd be like, all right, let's hand this guy a contract now. Because with the way the cap has exploded, there are so many deals that are going to ruin the market for these guys as soon as they get handed out. Because mediocre to middling players are getting these record-setting contracts because they're the ones that hit free agency. So I think the more often you can just avoid that problem entirely, just say we're never even going to have the franchise tag be a consideration for us because we're going to get these things done so early. That's why they've been able to do what they've been able to do. So I understand what you're saying with the defense, but I still think money is not necessarily the problem for them. It's Laquan Treadwell not being the guy they thought he was going to be. Things like that. Isn't free agency itself the the biggest potential pitfall for for an NFL general manager and, and front office at large? I think a lot of fans see that as the be all end all and the saving grace of an NFL team and the quickest way to turn things around. But more than not, if I'm right, Robert, it seems like free agent signings don't really live up to to expectations and the money that they're given. No, it's very hard for guys that hit free agency to play to exceed what they were given, right? It's hard to maintain that and get that return on the value. I think that's the biggest thing. There are guys where you'll sign him to a contract and be like, oh, yeah, he's been pretty good. Like, that's, you're one of the Bears having Allen Robinson. I'm not upset about that. You know, he didn't necessarily blow up the statue, but he's a very good player. But it's still hard to exceed those contracts, and that's the problem. And I think that what you see with guys on rookie deals, we see them exceeding it all the time. So kind of ignoring those contracts in free agency and saying, let's keep building through the draft, that's not just a platitude. You're building through the draft because it's easier to recoup value on those things than it is on free agent contracts. So I'm with you. I think it's really hard to find good signings. I mean, the season where it worked out for teams, a year later, it didn't work out. Think about the Giants and what they did that one year where they rebuilt their defense. And a year later, you're looking at those deals and be like, God, we can't afford this stuff. They just traded Olivier Vernon. I mean, these things fall apart very quickly when you build something through free agency. It's absolutely a house of cards. No, you're, you're definitely right about that. But I keep doing this alternate reality Vikings in my head, Robert, where instead of bringing back Anthony Barr, they signed Golden Tate. And I understand your point about offensive linemen being overpaid, but instead of drafting Garrett Bradbury, you do sign Matt Paradis or or Morse or or whatever other you know free agent center that you can fill in, and then you draft a weapon instead. Okay, so if you follow me down this path, I get to thinking about the Rams, right? And they bring in Robert Woods, and for a year they've got Sammy Watkins, and they get Andrew Whitworth, and they just load up with these free agent players on offense, and then they're able to execute anything they want with Jared Goff and kind of hang on on defense because they have one superstar and Wade Phillips who's really good. I guess I'll be thinking about this all season long of the decision to bring back Barr and not sort of going... Eagles with Elshon Jeffrey or something like that. Because I guess I will always wonder how good Kirk Cousins would have been if you could emulate his time in Washington where he had all those stars and weapons and good offensive line around him. I can understand what you're saying. I think that 
what I was saying before that spending money on defense I don't think is the wrong way to do it. I think that that's more of a broad, long-term plan. I think the the specificity of the bar thing and the recency of it, I'm with you there. Because I just don't know if I want to pay him that contract and the resources are a little bit more scarce now. So I can understand that. In, In your mind, though, who is the most, like the type of receiver? The, like if you could build the guy that would be that third option in that offense, what type of player is it? Because if Thielen's going to play inside and you have Diggs, it's probably an outside the numbers sort of player. And do you want a speed element? I mean, what are you looking for? Because I've thought about this a lot, and I don't know where I land. See, I, I liked the idea of Golden Tate because he gets you yards without having to do a lot right like sure. just you know last year they were doing this with Stefan Diggs because guess what again they're not going to have a great offensive line it's going to be improved but this isn't going to be a top 15 offensive line I don't think because of who the tackles are still so last year against Philly was a great example they did it against the Rams a lot of quick passes to Diggs but that's not really what you want Stefan Diggs doing all the time it is what you want a, a playmaker like Golden Tate doing or somebody else in the draft Paris Campbell might have been a guy that if you could just throw him the ball on quick passes, then he can make plays with his legs. I think you want to be able to get the ball out quick to help the offensive line, but also to help Kirk Cousins with um, getting yards where he doesn't have to make a perfect throw or sit in the pocket and take a big hit all the time. I can I see where you're coming from. Let me play devil's advocate. So two different reasons I think that the roster they have now, and this is before the Rudolph decision gets made, so that's the caveat here. I think it's going to be more two tight end, 12 personnel sets with that offense yeah. than it was previously. So you have those two receivers. You have Irv Smith as your second tight end now. I'm thinking about Philly a couple of years ago. They're, they're way more shotgun-based than the Vikings are going to be now. But just having that move tight end in Trey Burton with Ertz, and you have two receivers on the field most of the time. I think those are the sets you're going to see more often than not if the Vikings are the best version of themselves. Two, I think when you really commit to this outside zone offense – and you commit to the play action that goes with it, it does a lot to help your offensive line. It yeah, makes those yep. guys look much better than they would be other, elsewhere or otherwise. And I think that you're going to see that line, if they can stay healthy, which was one of the bigger issues last year, play much better than they did a season ago. So I think that, again, you can, the plan makes sense to me, and I think you could argue that this was the route to go, but I'm a little bit more bullish on how this offense is going to look with these guys than you might be. Robert, one more question for you. It's actually a two-parter. Uh, what the hell is then going it's on? Two more questions. What the hell is going on with the Jets? And do you think it's a real possibility that they trade Le'Veon Bell? It would be the funniest thing that's ever happened in the history of football. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, I swear to God, <laughs> I can't remember what the uh, the salary, the signing bonus was now, but I, it must have been what was it, fifteen, twenty million that he got just instantly in cash? Pro- I mean, it, probably. I don't yeah, I think so. That's a lot. You, you, you would be like pouring it into a barrel and lighting it on fire. <laughs> I think for that to happen to a professional football team is unbelievable. I just think that I get the argument for firing your GM after the draft. We've seen it happen in other places. It's really hard to build a board and to figure out a plan when you start this process on January 1st and you have scouts that have been doing it forever. I mean, I think the Raiders just canned everybody for that exact reason. So... That I understand. But why would you give the guy carte blanche in free agency and allow him to hand out $140 million guaranteed that really, in a monetary way, shapes your football team for the next two or three years while your quarterback's rookie contract years 
are more valuable than they'll ever be when you thought you'd fire him. It, it just, you close the wallet if that's the case, or you get a different guy. Because the, the way they did this it is unjustifiable on about 10 different levels. <laughs> And then essentially fired him for signing that guy because reportedly that's the dispute between him and Adam Gase. Yes. He, and he won the dispute and, and signed Le'Veon Bell, but then they were like, yeah, you're fired for signing. After they signed off on it, it makes no sense whatsoever, and it is glorious and hilarious, Robert. You know what's great, Robert, is that people will tweet you all season long, huh, Robert, if you were such a smart football guy, why don't you work for an NFL team? Like, I couldn't mess up the Jets any worse than this, right? <laughs> Listen, man, I, I would be a terrible NFL general manager, but at least I would have a plan. <laughs> I would do the weirdest stuff you've ever seen, and, and it, it would go, I mean, similar to what the Browns did a couple years ago, they were terrible at picking free agents. But they did a decent job of maintaining assets and really building them up, and it's helped. So I think that we have so many teams, their decisions are born of just terrible thought process. It's just to say as Mike McCagnan, to know that you're on the hot seat and think, oh, man, if I just kind of circle the wagons, if I kind of shut it down, I don't want the new coaching staff into this, I'll be able to be in control here. It's like, why wouldn't you let your coaching staff be a part of the decision-making process when it comes to picking players, they're the ones that know what they want. So for, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, I had a long discussion with Thomas Dimitrov about when Dan Quinn got there, just kind of how open the dialogue was between those two sides about these are the types of players we want. And Quinn gave a huge presentation with the entire coaching staff almost immediately upon arriving there. It, it's a dialogue. It's a constant conversation and a constant discussion between those two sides because they should be working in concert with one another. And it's just stuff like that. It's just there's no reason for that to be the basis on which you start a partnership. So would I be terrible at it? Yes. But I think that I would be able to start in a better places than a lot of these teams do. That's Robert Mays from The Ringer. Robert, I pulled up your, your Twitter account while we were talking, and I see that you had an interview with Anthony Jeselnik. I plan on reading it, and I encourage everybody to go read it. His latest Netflix special was amazing, man. So uh, everybody go check that out and uh, follow him on Twitter, at Robert Mays. Thanks a lot, Robert. Really appreciate it. Anytime, guys. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, I love, I, I could talk about the Jets for like an hour or two. I know. I really I never, could. They're so hey, fun. We, I wish this was green daily sometimes. <laughs> you better just, I was going to tease an idea for next segment, but. <laughs> you don't want to now? It's hard to upset me in OTA, OTA week, but you've done it. Uh <laughs> All right, Let, let's let's continue. To, All right, let's forget let, that let, ever happened. Let, let's continue let's forget to that ever happened and have move forward. This conversation that we were just having, though, about right. like what would your plan be as GM if you took over GM of the Jets? Like, what would you do oh, if man. you were the GM of an NFL team? How would you kind of approach that? Let's we'll okay. talk about that for a few minutes. Right next. after this on Purple Daily on Score North on fifteen hundred and the All New Score North mobile app. Because the Vikings are on your mind all the time, not just during the season. Purple Daily on Score North. ScoreNorth.com. And quite honestly, what are the Jets going to look like one, two, three years down the road? Look, we've seen teams change entire football operations in a year's time, or at least the coaching staff in a year's time. We've seen that happen in the NFL. And who's to say that next year in 2020, the Jets aren't ripping this up and doing something different again? And that is something, I don't care how much money you're being paid, you don't want to get caught up in that kind of tornado. You just don't. That's Lewis Riddick on ESPN. This is Purple Daily on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. 
and on the all-new Score North mobile app, which you can listen to us live on. And the more you listen live on the mobile app, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. The Score North mobile app is also a one-stop shop for all our written content on scorenorth.com. You have something up there that's new, don't you? Several things, actually, Rami. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is a OTA preview, five things to look for at Vikings OTAs week one. And the other nice. thing I wrote about, the bond of the defense. And uh, Robert... May's last segment kind of alluded to like how weird it is that many players on the defensive side and just in general, but especially on the defensive side for the Vikings have taken less money and signed contracts that you wouldn't look at and say, wow, like what a great mega deal for this guy. But especially Daniil Hunter's Xavier Rhodes at the time signed for probably less than he would have gotten on free agency. Eric Kendrick signed early. Anthony Barr came back for less money rather than go to the bleep show in New York. Uh, but he didn't know at the time that mm-hmm. it was that. Uh, and I wrote about that, about how it's really the bond of these players and their relationships with each other and their belief that they can win a Super Bowl together that has driven that, which is, it, it almost doesn't sound real. Like when I say it, <laughs> like, like if, if you haven't been there in the locker room and gotten to know these people and then seen the results of them making strong efforts to stay together as a defense, you wouldn't believe it in today's game that players' relationships with each other would matter so much that they would take less money, but these guys have done that. That's amazing. That is, and I'm sure it's a, it's a very good piece. ScoreNorth.com, man. You can read why. And at the ScoreNorth mobile app. It's our one-stop shop. You can also listen live.scorenorth.com in your web browser. And if you just if you have an Ale- Amazon Alexa device, easy for me to say, just say, Alexa, open ScoreNorth. And there we are, talking Vikings with you Monday through Friday at noon. You had an idea before the break. Yes. So every year, probably every week, someone will uh, send me a tweet. And people like Robert, there's just always someone out there sending a tweet um, that will say, like, if you are so smart about football, then why don't you work for a football team? Right. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, part of that is I didn't ever try to work for a football team. Like it was never the, the, the goal, the career goal was to have fun with you people. So stop bothering me. Um, but the other part of it is it's a fun experiment of like, what would I do that they don't do general managers and things like that. I think it, mine would be that I would only care about personnel on offense that I would always look at it as we can find people on defense at almost every position except corner. I, I would have a Belichickian view of this on defense where like, okay, if I have Ty Law, I'm going to make sure he stays. If Stefan Gilmore is a free agent, I'm going to make sure I get him because corners are very important. Everything else I'll try to replace. And on offense, every awesome free agent that I could get my hands on doesn't matter what. People will freak out if you overpay for a running back. I don't care. Like running backs are, are, I think, more valuable than they're given credit for if you have a great one who can do everything, like mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell, or I'll even say this for Saquon Barkley. Like he caught 91 passes last year. If a guy could catch 91 passes at nine yards a catch, then I don't know if he's worth a top draft pick in the entire draft, but I certainly know that that's really valuable. So I would try to load up everything I possibly could on the offensive side and 
I would try to hire the best defensive mind out there and say, defensive mind, make these fellas work. <laughs> and, and a great, but a great example of this is the Vikings 2014. So they go seven and nine. Teddy's a, a rookie. They start Matt Castle to begin with. And it's not an unbelievable year, but they go from being the worst defense in the NFL to middle of the pack without all the talent that they have now because Mike Zimmer is an amazing play calling defensive mind. And if you add all the talent, yes, you could be number one, but I don't think you need to necessarily be number one in defense to win a Super Bowl. I do think that for the most part, historically, you need to be very, very high on offense Manny, to win. How would you uh, conduct yourself as a general manager? Um, Fire everyone. That's what I, you would do. I probably would not hire Adam Gaze. <laughs> okay, good start. Um, the guy has wonky eyes. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, and considering just how things went in Miami for him, I just would not have hired him at all. I think he's um, a real good offensive coordinator. Just yeah. not a head coach. Yeah, um, I would have. I mean, I would definitely try and find my quarterback if it's in the draft. I, I would desperately try to find my quarterback in the draft. So that I can have him on a rookie contract and be able to make other moves to surround him with as much talent and try and prop him up, even as a even as a young player. And then um, I would try and get pass rushers. You need pass rushers in mm-hmm. today's NFL. I would try and if I'm going to pump money into certain parts of my roster, it's going to be at the positions that are the most yeah. needed, the I most was just valuable. Say, it's, you're, you're, it you know, Collar talked about it. It's corners, pass rushers, you know, tackles. If you're if you're trying to have a good offensive line, I don't know if I'd pump a lot of money into a guard, but I would definitely try and pump a lot of money into a left tackle that can keep my quarterback upright and not getting, you know, pasted every time he drops back to pass. Right. And um and I would want to make sure he has enough my quarterback has enough weapons around him to to be successful. Yeah, you're going down the same road I was just gonna go down. If I was in a in a GM chair, I would be almost entirely draft and develop. I'd try to stay out of big money free agency as much as I could because that's a pitfall. It it can do great things for your franchise, but if it doesn't work, it can really, really set you back years. And and I'm not even exaggerating when I say it sets you back years when you make a free agent signing that goes awry. So I'd be largely draft and develop. And then out of the guys I drafted and developed, I would only give big money to four positions and the rest of the positions I would let walk and and draft and develop somebody to replace them. And that's in this order, quarterback tackles, pass rushers and cornerbacks. And that's it. Those are the only positions on my roster that are getting big money. And I'll fill in the rest with, with draft picks and and low priced free agents. So I think about, Roster building a little bit like baseball in that there are certain spots and certain positions where you can't really platoon them. So quarterback is one of them. Right. Tackle is another one. The tackle has to play a thousand snaps. If he gets hurt, the backup tackle is horrible on every single team (laughs) and you probably don't win. Right. Almost across the board. Uh, unless the entire rest of your line is awesome or you have some rookie who's developing and steps in. But for the most part, you can't just say, well, you know, we're going to work in this guy at tackle. You can't do that. Left tackle. So I'll spend the money on shortstop and center field. Those are positions where you cannot platoon. Um, and then all the other ones, I'm looking for people who do one thing well. So if it is a 
pass rusher who can't stop the run. Well, that's fine. Give him to me. I'll use him. Mm-hmm. If it's a wide receiver who doesn't run great routes, <clears throat> maybe we know one of those who went and won a Super Bowl this year with Cordero <laughs> Patterson. But Cordero Patterson really solidified this for me, that the NFL should be a whole heck of a lot of platoon players outside of a couple of positions and it's just, what do you do super well? Let's have you do that all the time. That's where you save your money. They didn't have to pay Cordero Patterson a ton of money to come to New England. Or actually, I think he got traded there from Oakland. But even to come to Oakland, the Vikings could have brought him back at a pretty cheap price. And that guy can do a lot of uh, different things with the, the Bears football. just signed him at a pretty good price. Yeah, they did, right. he's not an expensive player, but he can't run routes. He can only just have the football in his hand and not get tackled, which is a pretty good football skill. Skill, I think <laughs> it's not so a bad like football the, skill. To I, have. I, I would look for those all over the field. Even I, even if it's, I'm sorry, even no, if it's, ahead. even if it's a guard who can only do one type of block successfully, even if it's a corner who can only play zone. Well, that's great. Let's use them to only play in our zone schemes. That's what I think that the Patriots are really, really good at, at finding those guys. And it was no surprise that Patterson had success there. I think a perfect example of what you're talking about is Devin Hester. I, th- I think the bears Absolutely. had the right idea in putting him on the, on the offense because he has that ability that you talked about to carry the football and not get tackled. The mistake they made was they said, he's going to be our number one wide receiver. <laughs> yes, yeah. Your number one wide receiver needs to know which routes to run yeah. and how to run said routes. He and, was just a guy Tell him where to be, get the football in his his hands, hands. and let him go. And this is an important thing, that your coaching staff, you don't hire them unless they're on board with this philosophy. Norv Turner wanted you to do it his way, the Norv Turner way, I was with the Cowboys way. And that's just not how I would be able to work with someone. I need them to be super flexible, and let's not worry about the things somebody can't do, let's only worry about the things that they can do. Kind of like the Bucks. They, they got a bunch of people who were flawed, but just said, hey, Ilya Sova, just like draw charges all the time, right? Like hit some threes. I think that successful teams do that. That's Matthew Collar. Check out his thoughts on the Vikings at scorenorth.com and the score north. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.